Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Your co-host, Allie's back again, and we have another guest for you today. Her name is Katie. Hey, Katie. How you hey, doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Welcome, good. welcome, Katie. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah. Katie, why don't you tell our listeners, give them a little background. How did you come to be here at Oxford? So I have been here for almost 10 years. Whoa, and I know years. <laughs> that time flew. Yes. And I worked 10 years before that. So yes, I'm officially maybe one of the oldest PTs. Well, at you the don't clinic. look it. <laughs> Thank for- you. Fortunately, in those 10 years, Katie and I have not aged a day. No. I'm, I mean, I believe it. Matt, a little more. She's than thinking me. maybe yeah. Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, so I've been here almost 10 years and um, I've enjoyed every second of it. And I feel like I've learned a lot at Oxford. We do a ton of manuals Absolutely. and we do a lot of continuing education. And I've been able to help people of various, you know, from little kids to old adults. So yeah, yeah. People don't know, um, what's your role with Oxford and where, where are you located? I am at Chancellor. Yeah. I'm here two days a week. I work two 10-hour days. <laughs> and um, I'm a just PT, regular PT yep. at the clinic, yeah. So you're working two days a week, and I know you're busy working other days a week. And what's your other job? Big job. Yes. My big job is I have three boys at home. And they are full of energy since the moment they were born. (laughs) So I feel like I get a break when I come to work because it's not as crazy as my house. Some kind of break coming to work. (laughs) Yes. I look forward to it. Well, that's a good thing. Well, one of the reasons we asked uh, Katie to be our special guest and do a feature today is I know Katie's... um, Katie's boys, they're awesome kids, and I know they're super active and into a lot of different things. And so I thought it'd be awesome if we could share with the listeners kind of a perspective from a mom of young, active boys in sports and athletics and kind of the issues, injuries, sprain, strain stuff you see, kind of comparing that with your professional insight, you know. And um, so we're coming up on, you know, COVID. So, you know, hopefully ending. Yeah. (laughs) Things are things are easing. You know, we're getting back into some more normalcy. And depending on what sport you did, depending on what last year was like, maybe you didn't do any practice. Maybe you didn't do any games. Maybe maybe everything was was canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe you haven't done things in quite a while. And here we are. You know, baseball's heating up. Soccer's heating up. Spring is here. Spring's getting here. Um, What are you seeing with your boys and like what have you guys been through in the last year in terms of their activities? Well, I can definitely say with my boys and a lot of the kids on the sports team, there have been a tremendous amount of increase in injuries. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, soccer season started late. I can't remember if we ended up on the field in July, but basically from March to July, the kids were not doing much. Uh They did school in their room. So they're sitting ideally Mm -hmm. at a desk, but my kids were in their bed in their PJs. (laughs) Um, So they didn't even get the core strength from sitting in a chair or 
walking from class to class. And then come uh, later summer when they went back to soccer and they went into two-hour practices, yeah. yeah, we were seeing a lot of injuries. And people were coming up to me also saying, hey, my son's having this or having this. Um, one of the things we saw a lot was Seavers mm-hmm. disease, which all three of my boys have had. Oh, no um, yes, yeah. They're lucky they have me as a mom (laughs) (laughs) to help them. Um, But you could tell these kids were just very deconditioned. They're very tight. And getting out on a hard soccer field, or whether it's turf or a regular, their bodies were just not adjusted to it. So let's uh, let's rewind for a minute there because you threw something out, and I want to make sure we dig into that, is Seaver's disease. Mm-hmm. So tell the listeners a little bit about what is Seaver's disease and, and what are the symptoms? What's it start to look like? Yeah, so we all grow at different rates, but our foot bones reach adulthood before our other bones. So the big foot bone is your calcaneus, and it's your heel bone. And usually between the ages of 9 and 11 – Matt, you agree, 9-11, that's when (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot of the Seavers disease will come out. And what happens is that calcaneus bone is growing to adulthood very quickly, but your Achilles tendon, which attaches to it, is not able to keep up with that growth because the muscles are not growing at the same speed. So you get a lot of tightness in the calf muscles, which causes the Achilles tendon to pull on that bone, and it causes an irritation there at the growth plate on the back of that calcaneus. So a lot of kids will feel pain at the back of the heel, but you also get pain um, on the bottom of the foot. And it definitely occurs with um, return to sport especially in the beginning, especially if you're playing on a hard surface. Um, So runners or soccer players, football players, and it's very prevalent, more prevalent in boys, but I've seen a ton of girls with it also. So um, what did it look like in your boys? Did they start with pain in their heel or was it pain on the bottom of their foot or how did it first begin? Yeah, did they have to come to you or did you have the eye for it? Did you see it? Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) they come to me for everything, food, pain, whatever. (laughs) So I'm just like, what now? Um, Laundry, hey mom, where's this? Um, My oldest son, Lucas, came with heel pain. And they all got it different years. They're all 22 months apart. And I would say all of them got this about a year or two apart. Wow. So Lucas was the first one. And his presented as heel pain. Mm-hmm. And I knew right away what it was. So I started teaching him stretches. I also, at least every other night, we had a routine after his shower. He'd get his PJs on. And I would start doing some deep tissue work to the muscle to help lengthen that muscle manually. And then he would do stretching exercises. And I taught him hip exercises. But truth be told, they'd rather be lazy and let me do the work. (laughs) So I would tell them, make sure you're stretching. Um, So that was him. Uh, Joey, my next kid, he had pain more on the bottom of the foot and sometimes a heel. And then my third kid, I can't quite remember. I just started the same routine with him. That sounds like the the youngest. Poor third kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. What did I do with these other two? He even got hand-me-down exercises. Yes, he did. (laughs) I actually would say, go to your brother. He'll teach you what to do. I'll do the soft tissue work. Um, But I can say through experience of dealing with this with my kids and then watching other community members have it with their kids 
my kids got over this in a handful of weeks oh, good. because we started working right away. And, and I think mom. the <laughs> yes, and I'm such a good mom. Um, I think the hands-on is just crucial. You have to do it. So um, if you can get into therapy right. and work on that, you get better results quicker. Exactly. Well, the so. cool thing is we have direct access. She really, she just, just lofted that right up for I you. I know. I have to take the softballs. I get, it, I get, it, I get it into every episode. So here we go, um, guys. You know, remember, you can come straight to a physical therapist in Kentucky and Ohio, and you can be treated. And um, you know, I think it's important to point out um, a lot of these issues that Katie's mentioning, like Seavers, either come on with a big increase in activity. But also what we're looking at in the younger kids is, um, you know, there might be several years they're, a- they're active, they're athletic, and they're feeling really good and great. And then they start to grow. And so when they're growing, a lot of times these pain and issues come out. And so you might think, oh, no, something's really wrong, you know, but we can screen that out. We can look for what's normal. We've seen these things lots of times before. And it's super easy to get into our office versus waiting. And I think that's the big thing that I hear in Katie's story is that early access to care really got your boys better and back at it. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I've seen folks, unfortunately, that had this heel pain starting and, you know, went a different route and maybe were waiting on testing or waiting on appointments or whatever. And four, six, eight weeks go by. Well, kids aren't like adults. Adults, you know, if they if something hurts, they'll get on a crutch or they'll stop doing it. Kids are going to keep playing. They're going to keep doing stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to be running around with their friends, and then they develop a lot of compensations. And I don't know if you saw with your boys, but I've had patients before that didn't have a ton of pain from this issue, but the mom or dad maybe noticed that they started running on their toes. And, you know, yes. they really altered their, their gait and their running, mm-hmm. and maybe they were – this great soccer player a year ago or a great basketball player. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, they can't even keep up running. Yeah. They're slow. Yeah. Yeah. They're slow. And that's from Seavers or ankle sprains. They just don't rehab. Right. And it's crazy to see the change in their gait pattern on the field. Anybody can look at them. If the parents listening, um, you know, see that in your, in your child, if you see that all of a sudden their performance is dramatically changed. um, Like I said, kids aren't always great at, you know, communicating what's going on and they're just, they're going to keep growing. They're going to keep doing their stuff. They're going to keep at it. Right. And so they develop great ways to compensate. So that's just something to point out. You know, if you start seeing things, it's not Mm -hmm. always pain, but it, it can be kind of just an altered movement. Yes, definitely. Talk a little bit, um, because you and I talked in the beginning about the episode, kind of what we were going to talk about, and um, Seavers is a big one, right? That's on the back of the heel. People are going to start to feel pain or maybe that toe running. But as you kind of move up the leg, there's another big common one um, that boys typically get a lot in the front of the knee. Mm -hmm. Talk about that and if you have any personal experience with your boys with that. Yeah, luckily my boys have not had that. Um, I call it Osgood Slaughters, but Mm -hmm. you pronounce it differently than I did. Slaughters? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. How do you guys say it? I don't know. I'm, that's I'm, how I say it. I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong saliva. Oh, that's like I the know. fourth time you brought that up. So basically, uh, when people talk about Seavers disease, I, I always say, oh, it's like Osgood slaughters of the foot because it's very similar. You have your quad muscles that come down and attach to right below your kneecap, and um, that's your tibia. 
same thing happens. Your femur bone, that's the upper upper thigh bone, it starts growing very quick. Um, boys go through big growth spurts sooner than girls typically, and that bone grows really fast. The muscle tightness that occurs is is dramatic, and that tendon will start pulling on the front of that tibial bone, and they'll get a lot of pain under the kneecap or below the kneecap, I should say, and it gets swollen and, and very irritable. So you'll see a lot of kids who have a strap on their knee. Yeah, I've seen that. Out like there playing. Yeah, but unfortunately, when I talk to people, a lot of these kids have not done therapy. They've just been get told the by, you know, hey, get a band or just work through it, where really these kids need the same thing. They need some hands-on therapy and they need stretching and strengthening they see some other kid wearing the same strap they're like i'm having the same issue they put on the strap they do Mm -hmm. nothing behind the scenes yes that's why and they don't get better they're wearing the strap for years because it's so painful uh and happens boys and girls but we do see that a bunch at this age yeah and i think it's painful enough that it back to what we were talking about with Seavers is a lot of times you see compensations develop, you know, so mm-hmm. with uh, particularly that pain at the knee, you know, you might see kids that aren't straightening their leg out all the way. Maybe they're resistive to plant on that leg or, mm-hmm. you know, kick and swing quickly with that leg. So um, all of a sudden you start talking about other injury risk that build, you know, because of trying to quote unquote play through something. So yes, uh, yeah, something to kind of you know, definitely be mindful of. Mm-hmm. So let's say maybe folks um, are just getting back, their teams are just now getting back together and they're going to start practicing in the coming weeks when, you know, the weather breaks or whatever. Um, what advice or what would you recommend to either parents or kids that might even be listening? What should they be doing out there to get ready for that? Well, number one would be really listen and look at your kid And see if you see anything going on. Are they kind of limping? Do they, like we talked about, is is they're running a little bit differently? And if it is, talk to your kid about it. Try to figure out what is going on. Do they have knee pain? Do they have back pain? And get them in for even an assessment that we do here to check it out. Because if you don't catch it in the beginning, like Matt was talking about, it'll just start to snowball. It'll start with knee pain, but then you're compensating, so then your back is hurting. And that the, these seasons are short right now because of COVID. It seems like they're, they're cramming everything in. So instead of three months, you might get six weeks. And if your child is injured, they're going to miss the majority yeah. of it. So I would look for that stuff would be the first thing to see how your kid is acting and reacting. And we, um, you know, we've talked about the lower extremity stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the heart, I think a lot of what we're, we're talking about and we're saying is that it's flexibility, right? Yes. So is there anything, um, you know, that, that you advise or that you have your boys do, you know, stretches, exercises, a routine, uh, whether it's, you know, on season, off season, mid season? Do you keep it the same? Do you change it up? What are some things you're doing? Yeah, my kids did not necessarily love this during COVID, but I made them work out <laughs> in the basement. And I'm like, sorry, guys, but this is what She's we're doing. She's running a boot camp over I, there. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> because I'm very big into core strength and glute strength and yeah. all of that stuff that unfortunately gets neglected. Um, you know, they might even be doing squats, but we need to add some 
sideways or lateral movement to get different muscles. So yes, my kids had to go through that and they complained every day. (laughs) But you know what? They did not have injuries when they went back. We were pretty lucky. Uh, They had the Seavers disease different times, but I would um, definitely recommend some strengthening with the core and glutes, but the flexibility is huge too. So getting them stretching their hamstrings and their calf muscles are really important. Um, hip flexors and quads too. But I I think these kids sit so mm-hmm. much, their hamstrings are just horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See if your kid can sit up straight with their legs out in front of them. I bet they can't. Yeah. I bet they can't. They're just yeah. too tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. I think in the course of, you know, practicing over 20 years, I've seen it worsen over time yes you know i mean i think it's they're they're fighting an uphill battle because like we mentioned their bones are outpacing the growth of their muscles but Mm -hmm. at the same point i think they're getting less activity and less flexibility so um, anything that you can do to get them more flexible and stretching and, and moving through those ranges of motion is really important yeah so we talked a lot about lower extremity stuff. Um, you know, it's spring here. Baseball's warming up. What about the upper stuff? I mean, I know your boys aren't into baseball right now, but I'm sure you have their friends or other patients that are. What kind of things are we, you know, looking at or thinking about from an arm and injury prevention standpoint with that? Yeah, unfortunately, we did see some upper extremity type of issues during the football season mm-hmm. and, and stuff, too. And it, and. I truly believe that a lot of it came from the kids not being able to play and jumping back into things. And I think it's so important to keep the rotator cuff strong and those postural muscles. But, you know, boys, because that's my most experience, boys are very (laughs) interested in having big biceps and big chest muscles and doing all this. But they're not very well educated on the muscles behind like behind their shoulder blade and in between their shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. So then they go to to baseball, which I don't know much about as far as my kids never played it because I was terrible at it, and I think they are too. <laughs> um, so we tend Follow to do sports with our feet. Um, but I just feel like all of the sports swimmers mm-hmm. and baseball and football and lacrosse, they just need to get stronger with, with those stability muscles because mm-hmm. they're doing big movements, but the small muscles are just too weak. Yeah. And let's face it, every single child sits at their computer during all this NTI with horrible posture. They're, they're round-shouldered. They're not even using those muscles to sit up tall. I think I just – I need to straighten up. I, I know. talk about it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a real simple thing, and I, you know um, – my kids, I have a little rule at home uh, where they can't complain to me about something unless they've done their stretches for like five days in a row. Okay, so, so that's a child of a physical therapist. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's much better well, than me. Well, you know, otherwise it's just like I'm chasing my tail with them. So yes. one of the things that I do like to have them do is, um, especially my son, because like Katie mentioned, you know, he's slumped over in a complete C when he's sitting at his desk. But um, is just having them lay on the floor and do like snow angels. So like if you were going to make an angel in the snow, you know, obviously there's no snow. You're just laying on the ground. But just moving your arms in that direction is a really powerful stretch and just kind of repositions everything. 
Um, I am real familiar with baseball. Played a lot, a little bit in grade school. But my son is playing and plays on has played on teams. Don't you a help coach a little bit? I helped coach yeah. when he was younger. Okay. I retired my coaching hat. Oh, as, okay. you know, Gosh. as he got better, and it's coach just, of the year. You were like, this is a good year well, to end it on. You know, on. we went undefeated and what? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. We're gonna get into that. That's a <laughs> different podcast, a huh? <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah. So I, I just enjoy watching him. But yeah. uh, one of the things you know, clinically that we see with baseball and with kids especially is. Um, they'll start to develop pain in their elbow. And that's kind of like the canary in the coal mine, meaning that that tells you it's an indicator. So the elbow pain a lot of times, and I agree with Katie, is an indicator that their shoulder and their back muscles are just not strong enough. And so when they're doing their throwing motion, typically their shoulder will drop and then they overuse their elbow and they use it like a whip. And so they'll end up with a lot of force through their elbow. And it's, there's actually a term called little, little leaguer's elbow. And so one of the big things is, you know, beginning a strengthening program. We're probably a little late. It would have been great to start it in January, but, um, you know, something's better than nothing. So if you got a baseball player out there, um, before they start having elbow pain, especially the pitchers, catchers, the ones that are throwing a lot, um, get them stronger first, that'll really alleviate some of that stress through their arm. So. And I think that goes for baseball, softball, what we say, tennis and golf, for all sure. the kind of same things. Mm-hmm. Anything where that arm is being a chain right. and moving, you know, and either impacting or hurling an object, you know, the things between your hand and your and where the object starts is, is really the muscles in your back and mm-hmm. shoulder. And that's really usually at the root of, of what's going on. Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest takeaways for this is parents who aren't you guys, who aren't physical therapists, if they see some kind of injury or their child kind of acting out that there is an option instead of going to the pediatrician or waiting weeks and weeks and weeks that they can come right to physical therapy. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I just can't emphasize enough. I mean, I know Katie mentioned in the community and like, I know when I'm at a game or a practice, it's like everybody's coming up, hey, what's going on here? What's going on there? And you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And I appreciate yeah, that. Listen, opportunity. this is my off, off hours. <laughs> not a bit at all. No, not a bit at all. I'm really happy. But I, I just, I, that makes me think of how many people are out there that aren't getting access to that or don't have someone that they can ask right away. And, you know, um, pediatricians are awesome. We take our kids to great pediatricians, but they typically aren't trained in a lot of the musculoskeletal stuff right. like we are. And they're not going to be able to give intervention right away. And I think it's really getting um, kids kids heal really, really great. I mean, yeah. Katie, I mean, you know, when you compare, <laughs> fast. like when we work with patients across all age spectrums and you're working yeah. with a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid compared to someone who's Katie and I's age and very wise and mature. Um, <laughs> very wise. You know, it, you give them a few things, you do a little bit with them. And man, it just has a tremendous impact. And so it doesn't take a lot, but I think the key is early intervention is really what makes a big, big difference because my opinion is kids are great at developing compensations. And if we can keep them from getting compensated, they're going to recover so much quicker. Yep. The time getting them in is imperative. Yes. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that direct access. Yes. Go, guys. That's why we named it this. So... Well, thanks, Katie, yeah, for being thanks. on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah. Sharing your stories yeah. of your boys. I'm sure it's Plenty crazy. more. <laughs> if you ever need me back. <laughs> well, I'm excited awesome. for the kids to get back to sports. But with that, I think we learned a lot. Thanks, okay. Katie. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, right. everybody. Thank Talk to you, you soon. Thank you. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com, and you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!